and welcome to Tools in the Shed, a podcast powered by Cars Guide, ready to rip into the car stuff that has caught our eye this week. I'm James. With me is Richard. Hello. Who's been pondering a significant new contender in the ever-expanding Ute universe. And Matt. Yes, hello. Who's become a dash cam devotee. Be careful. He's watching you. (laughs) And we'll update you on the star voyager who says humans are already cyborgs in this week's must-watch. So, stay with us. But first, some feedback, which is terrific. Thank you very much, everybody who's taken the time to do this. Norwall Music which I'm sensing may be a work um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, Simply said, great job on this vid. Very inspiring. How nice. People are being inspired by what this podcast is bringing in. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Are you sure that's not one of those spam comments? You know how people just go, love the vid. And yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. We've we've yeah. had some of those, which yes. I've studiously omitted from the uh, feedback section. <laughs> it took me ages. Follow back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took yeah, me ages right. to realise they they hadn't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were now Greg Burville yeah. um, says you're all years behind the time. Oh. We must have talked about climate last week. I wasn't mm. here, but there must have been some kind of uh, climate reference. There was a reference. saving the planet. Okay. Yeah. And so Greg says it's no longer global warming. Um, qu- bracket record snowfalls in Australia. Yeah, end bracket. Right. No longer climate change. Mm-hmm. Bracket not scary enough. End okay. bracket. It's climate crisis or climate catastrophe. So I'm sensing that Greg has a particular perspective on uh, where mm. the climate might be going. Or yeah. Um, and then wax triple three. <laughs> hey guys. Oh, well. Unless there's a big development with the Ford Ranger, can we please stop doing reviews on them? Every few weeks. Could we talk about what cars uh, you guys are excited about coming out in 2019? So, so I know, was it you, M4, that yeah. gave a direct response to Wax Triple Three, Which yeah. was along the lines of, hey, we've got to do lots of Ranger reviews because that's what people are looking for. They yeah. keep updating it. And they've done about 50 billion updates to this current generation mm. Ranger because they're doing incremental changes to keep it fresh, to keep people True. interested, to keep us in the cars. And we keep giving you new reviews because that's what people want. want. At the same time, like to, to back up wax triple three um maybe maybe there's you know there's a bit of ranger overload yeah the, yep. uh, look there's i mean look on the streets it is ranger overload but on the streets it's quite a word it sounds like rangel rangel overload, overload. Ranger, <laughs> ranger overload maybe ranger that's overload. the new, so new grade what was the question can we talk about cars that we're excited uh, about excited yes about. i'd also like to say on wax triple three's name i remember when um the, there were the fives on the Subarus in the World Rally Championship, yes. right? Mm. Which is a, t- a tobacco brand, which was very uh, famous in Japan. And everyone called it Triple Five. In Japan, they call it Three Five. Oh, Three yeah. Five. So Wax Triple Three would actually be Three Three. Three Three. <laughs> wax Three Three. Three Three is like the brand of relish or whatever it was. Really? Yeah. Back I'm not in aware the day. of that at all. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm what with, the I'm with cars you, wax we're excited three. to see in the second half of this year. I racked my brains for all of a few seconds and thought that the S version of the Alpine one, Alpine 110 yeah. is something I'm very keen to arrive. Now, it's a niche within a niche, very specialist car. You ask me that question, yep. that's one I'm keen to, to see arrive here in the second half. I can't wait to see, drive, touch, feel the Peugeot 508 Sportwagon. Oh, yeah? Uh, because right. someone sent me a picture the other day of one that is in Australia. The car hasn't launched officially yet. Yep. But the 508, if you haven't seen the new 508, then you need to search it because it is gorgeous. Yeah. It is an absolute cracking looking car. Yeah. And the wagon, oh, yeah. I like wagons. Yeah. 
Mine's I, really boring. Oh. I'm really looking forward to driving a Mazda 3 Skyactiv X. Oh. To be honest. <laughs> I'd, but like, this is, That's like, not really boring. From, That's a breakthrough engine. From, yeah, from an engineering perspective, I just think it's great. A compression ignition petrol engine. So, yeah, that is a, maybe yeah, that's a bit boring. That's but that's, Not at all. So there you are, Wax 333. It's Wax 33. Wax 33. Relish. And um, Bonnie Babu says, good one, guys. Where's JC? Well, I'm right here. Um, uh, plus one to your opinion on phone mirroring, uh, mirroring Pardon me, technologies. Once you've used them, uh, you know, you can't live without them, uh, yeah. be it CarPlay mm. or Android Auto. Also love Mal's long-term reviews. Keep them coming. Yeah. So uh, that's good feedback for Mal. Yeah. That's right. And we're not only having Mal in long-term cars. We've got a few other long-term cars kicking around yep. the place. Yes. So... And we're not just confining Mal to writing long-term reviews. You know, <laughs> he is the editor of the whole thing. He's doing much more than that. He is. Which is, which is great. Now, Richard, speaking yes. of much Hello. more than that, oh, yes. you want to talk about uh, the ute world wow. now uh, and a potential new addition. That, it's actually not potential. It's, it's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. So fill us in. Okay. Uh, during the week, uh, Andrew Chesterton uh, came up with a – with a with a, a cracker of a news story, and that was the uh, the COO of Kia Australia uh, revealing that uh, Kia will have a Ute to rival, sorry, Wax three to three, Ranger, Hilux, <laughs> and Triton, and other you know um, LCV uh, Utes, and um, it's possibly going to be here either twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three. And, and the big news. deal here, as I understand it, is that Kia had been very upfront in saying we want this. Yes. And we've petitioned the factory, and they're studying it, and they're saying it. But now it's like real. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, we saw a Hyundai Santa Cruz, which was a sort of a, a lifestyle Ute based on a Santa Fe platform um, that sort of has a. Uh, a unibody chassis. So what what this would be for Kia would be a, a body on frame chassis to to really be able to do you know capable off roading and you know carry big loads like a, like a Hilux or yeah. a Triton or a Ranger. And so um, the the quote was work has commenced, which is the important yes. thing. Like they have they have started, but. We have heard Hyundai say before that this the what was it called the Santa the, Cruz Santa Cruz yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that model will be specifically for US market mm-hmm. uh, okay. and other markets around the world that might take that that style but they've said to us before that they want a ute a body on frame yeah. a proper right. ute so you got to you got to guess then that if this thing will have dual personality Genesis as well. Genesis truck yeah, well, well, they are, it's going to be speechless. <laughs> look, you probably look in the pictures behind us. That's the um, they're from the Telluride um, platforms. Uh, thank you very much for for the designer who's who one of the one of the one of the fans of that platform who who came up with that comgen image behind us. Yeah, it's not going to be that. Um, what it will be, it'll be a a Ute on a brand new chassis that they are developing. So yep. it's a brand new platform, not some used thing that they're getting no, from the states. Well, the, the, and also <laughs> from a it, it, it wouldn't be on a Telluride uh, platform either. That's a that's a, a unibody um, monocoque chassis as well. So yep. it it can't it can't be that. But it's a it's a it's a good look of what it could it could look like. Um, the truth is we don't know. Nobody knows what it will look like. Um, but what we do know is that it will steal, and it really will steal, a large chunk of um, or a sizable chunk of the 210,000 ute sales in Australia. Yeah. Uh, Damien Meredith said 21,000, 10%. I reckon yeah. the proxy for that is how successful 
Hyundai's IMAX has been yep. in the one box or two yep. box van kind of market, yep. Yep. that you had Hiace being a very dominant mm. player. And it's still hugely popular, but IMAX came out of the clouds and all of a sudden Absolutely. people had a really good quality, um, well-priced option and it took off. And it, with good warranty at the time. Yeah, exactly. When it launched, it was five exactly, years. Exactly. Um, and that's made a huge difference to IMAX ownership and iLoad ownership. Mm-hmm. And I, well, we're going to expect Kia is going to be pretty strong on the warranty front as well. Yeah. It's going to be good. Um, local suspension tuning is a thing that Kia really, really... Uh, puts an emphasis on, so this this Ute, this uh, you know body on frame Ute will have a, a, you know a lot of Australian local engineering for our roads, um, and and Hyundai are likely to share this platform as well for a Hyundai Ute. That's right. I like I think Damien Meredith by saying that ten percent is going to be taken of the market is is being, is underestimating it. I have, I reckon it's got the potential to really upset uh, Toyota, Ford, Mitsubishi. I mean we have all these Chinese Utes that come in and. They all say, oh, you know, we've got a ute that's going to be able to take these guys on. No, no, you don't. Mm. Um, the, Kia, the Kia or Hyundai ute will. It'll, it'll disrupt the whole Well, the other scene. thing is you think about other potential markets that, okay, Hyundai uh, is going to be produced for America. Mm. But by the same token, Ranger was developed in Australia. America took it. Mm. This thing could have much bigger potential yeah, than selected markets. And they yeah. call them, you know, smaller pickups, the ones yeah. that we get in, in Australia. They yeah. call them light pickups. Yeah, yeah, light or mid or yeah. low, small size or yeah. whatever. But the, the the thing is they need to, you know, there are benchmarks in this segment, as we know, mm. uh, three and a half ton towing, yep. a ton of payload, yeah. all those sorts of things, all the safety gear, all that stuff. And I, I mean, Kia is at a disadvantage because this market has been on the growth chart for a long time. Mm. They've basically missed... The, the wave, mm. but maybe there's a second wave. Maybe yeah. they will yeah. they will keep going. And I, second wave in the set's always better than the first one anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I'm not yeah. a server. You know what? Wax Wax <laughs> Wax three three is going to be complaining that we're we're doing too many Kia Ute stories <laughs> yeah, in about two right. years' time. So <laughs> but there's I mean there's a lot of Utes out there that are coming up to generational change mm. times at around the same time yeah. as that. So yep. the Volkswagen Amarok and Ford Ranger tie up, sorry, Wax Triple Three. Uh, and then there's going to be the, um, next generation uh, Triton Navara. Yep. Uh, so it'll be another year of the Ute. Yeah. Hilux They're all as well. reaching their life cycle Hilux at the same will, time. Hilux yeah. will refresh. Yep. Um, so mm. it's going to be one of the most exciting times in the world for Utes. <laughs> Imagine though that if a diesel band comes in right on 2023. Oh, yeah. They're going to have to have alternative drive Well, that's so. it. I mean, Kia have also mentioned electric or hybrid drive trains as they well. Have to. And Rivian might even drop it around that point too. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Interesting time. Yeah. And, and and old mate Elon. Oh, uh, yeah, if he's pickup. Of course. Yes. If it yeah. comes. Oh, come on, Elon, <laughs> you can do it. It'll be big, though, because, you know, the, um, the design rendering that we've seen makes it look like a strange rhinoceros with yeah. the <laughs> elephant ears or something coming off the front of it. So it, it could be an altogether different proposition. Definitely. It will be yeah. different. All right, that's so we'll move from that, if that's okay, Richard. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll move on to your good self, M4. Yes. And you have been looking at the world through a different lens, and tell us how and why. I have a guilty pleasure, you guys. Well, yeah. uh, can, can you just keep that out of the podcast? Occasionally. I know about it. I will watch dash cam compilation hey, videos right. online. Oh, right. with crashes? Yeah. Yeah, I love it too. Just to see, and also the, the Aussie dash cams... Uh, 
and the way people react mm. to traffic incidents or to people being idiots in in the roadways. It's now, always a ladder. It's always a ladder. Well, in the Russian one, yeah. and generally, generally that response is super calm. You know, yeah. composed. There's and, no swearing. Yeah, that's right. They um, stay very zen through the whole. thing. It's very much. Excuse me. You seem to have cut in my lane. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> that person has done something I don't approve of. Yeah. <laughs> now we've seen some pretty amazing dash cam footage over the years, but. The important thing about dash cams is that they are on the rise. People are taking care of themselves and the ability to potentially cut down your insurance costs based on having a dash cam, that is rolling out globally. It's soon to roll out in Australia. Uh, I was a guest of Navman at an event where they were launching a new uh, dash cam and GPS uh, pairing. Um, How is Navman? Pardon? How is Nav Man? Is he all right? He's a good guy. Well, how's Nav Woman? He's a top bloke. What about Nav Woman? I haven't seen him for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Nav Woman. Yeah. And the Nav Kids. Yeah. How are they? they? (laughs) The little Navvies. (laughs) Navvies. Oh, Oh, man. Um, So, dash cams in Australia for 2019 uh, will equate to $24 million in sales. Right. 165,000 people will be rolling around with the dash cam. Okay. That's just in this year, just buying yeah. this yep. year. Yeah. So, this is an important part of the automotive atmosphere, I yep. guess you yep. could say. But did you know? Oh, like, here we go. Do, do either of you guys have dash cams? No, I don't. Would you? No. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't want a camera filming everything I do. But it's filming, it's filming what's else. happening outside. No, but what you you're worried about the secret lens that's actually no, focused. Well, back yeah, exactly. You. <laughs> also, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't like cameras monitoring me the whole time. You know, call me a privacy private man. You like them monitoring you, know, you for some of the time. Hang on, hang on, this one now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> call you a privacy private man. Because okay. does this dash cam double as a nav as well, or it's just purely it's a dash cam function? So, I'm fairly sure you can get ones that double for mm-hmm. both, mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that, uh, the range that uh, Navman has at the moment, there's ones up to about $400, top of the range, right? right? They are much more than just a camera that watches the road. You can get one that watches the back of you as well. So, if you're rear-ended, you've got evidence of the number plate of the car and even facial like detection. But what if it's your fault? If and it's you your don't f- want people to know it's your fault. Um, Delete. <laughs> but is the, the, the one that's forward and reverse, yeah. does that mean you have to have an external camera at the back of the car? No, or does so it somehow from its mounting position on the dash, it can look backwards? You can get a, like, okay. a, it's a separate mini camera that you right. put on the back window. Yeah. Which is pretty neat, right? But let me just uh, pick up the flyer here because I don't want to get it wrong. But let me tell you some of the things that you And a fine flyer it is. Your, uh, your nav man thingy Did, can did you do, just want to take off your Car's Guide t-shirt and put on a I'm just amazed. No, look, I don't want it to sound like it's a like spook. An but the, some of the things when is that it these... available, Matt. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. price is it going to be? This well, is amazing, to... no. and it does all that. Um, How much so, would you expect to pay? For did you know that a top spec? <laughs> if I buy one, would there potentially be another one in the offing for the same price? Fifty percent off. Anyway, get sure. the whole Nev family. Um, <laughs> did you know that your uh, dash cam can also work with? ADAS functionality. Now, advanced oh. driver assist systems, mm. as we know, things like forward collision warning. Oh, really? These, these cameras can do that. They can also what? tell you if you're wandering out of your lane. They can tell you if you've left your headlights on okay. when you get out of the car and you, your headlights are on and it can go beep, 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 beep. Wow. You've got headlights on. Okay. Mm. Uh, they can also allow you to instantly share your dash cam 
capture moments when you get back to home and you've got your Wi-Fi <laughs> connected to the car. But Matt, this sounds too good to be <laughs> true. Yeah. Or what's this? the catch? For, yes. What's the catch? I'm not trying to make it sound like a sales spook. I just <laughs> I want to know. Did you guys you, know that? All these, you've got to do, Matt, these, is mention that, that man, you, and you'll did get you a free know that? No, I, did I didn't know that. that. That's no. unbelievable. You guys. <laughs> I'm just going to stop. No, no. Go if you're going to be like that, go I'm ahead. just going to stop. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's also tire pressure monitoring. How does it do that? How does it do that? Exactly. That's what. That's a genuine question. I just want to know. Like, I just want to point out, you guys didn't know any of this stuff nope. before I told you. Absolutely not. So it's important that people know that these sorts of technologies are available to them. In the event of an accident, this can also prove as evidence. And you, yeah. can, so you can say to people, yeah. this is what's happened. Yeah. And if someone says, no, that's not what happened, you've got proof. That's right. And Did they, did they actually tell you how it measures the tyre pressures? Uh, Goes no, around with a little but, thing, walks around the tyres and sticks a little measure in. Uh, it records on both front and rear cameras and uh, tyre pressure and displays the... Oh, sorry. It monitors your tyre pressure and displays the pressure of each tyre on the dash camera screen, alerting you if there is an issue wow. if you need to stop for some air in your tyres. Gee, oh, but I, I would imagine that's only for vehicles that are already equipped with some you would kind imagine, of tyre pr- pressure. I'll need to investigate that further. And I only learned um, just recently that the way tyre pressure is monitored in um, some cars is through the hollow spokes of the rim. So, you know, you mm. tend to look at alloy wheels and think often they're solid spokes yeah. or whatever. No, but it's the, the air passing through it. Can I just all other thing? Can I just say, right? So I, uh, you know how cars now have built-in sat nav, mm. and how I would would have thought that might have been the end of navman. I also think that in the future, cars will have built-in dash cams. The C5 Aircross, not in Australia but overseas, comes with a built-in dash cam, and you, it records everything as you're driving. You can get it on a C3, a Citroen C3. C3. It's an optional thing, and it allows you to take selfies if you it, want to. <laughs> There you go. So how, I mean, in the future, um, cars are going to have these cams anyway. So mm. is Navman again inventing something which cars are just going to be come with? Well, I suppose if they're cluey, yeah. um, a bit like various other uh, manufacturers, they'll create some kind of association with mm. the OEM so that, but, that they're in on the inside. But the beauty of these sorts of systems mm. is that if you have an older car and you can't afford a new car, these will give you some yep. of the safety features and some of the advantages yeah. that you won't mm. be able to get unless you do buy one equipped with that sort of technology. Right. Amazing, Matt. And where can people get these? We'll <laughs> have a number to call in the show. You'll see the number below. Yes. There it is there. Anyway, I'm going to be your tech guy from now on, <laughs> obviously. All right. Well, we are going to move from, uh, from Navman. We're going to move to our garage. Ooh. And talking about the vehicles that we have been driving during the week, Richard, give us your thumbnail appraisal. It's it's hard because mm. you've been behind the wheel for quite a few cases. Yes. What have you been driving? Where? Yep. And uh, for how long? We had uh, my family. We, we we went away to the snow, uh, and we took a Ford Endura in the base spec trend with all wheel drive. Yep. And um, it performed faultlessly. Okay. Um, it's only a five seater. It's a big car. Ford says it's not a territory replacement, but um, it is. It's a, it really is a Ford territory replacement. It does feel a little bit old on the inside, but that's because it's a midlife Ford Edge from America. Um, but yeah, I, we, it, it 
it performed really well. Diesel so engine. Can we just talk about territory replacement? Because mm. I guess the the argument from Ford is that the territory had seven seats. Yes. And had petrol and diesel. Mm. And this car is diesel five seats only. Yes. But it is the same thought process. Yeah. It's a car sort of derived chassis with yeah. a SUV body on top. Exactly. Look, I don't think people who are buying you know a territory. Um, Five or six years ago, we're really using them as seven seaters. I mean, we we know I know a lot of people who who had a seven seat territory who never used those rear two seats. Yeah. Um, not like you would with say a Kia Sorento or something like that. Um, it 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 feels big like a territory. Um, it's got a, a really large boot, um, heaps of space inside, um, and it feels premium too. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, I mean, a, I, that, you make a good point in the sense that there's a big difference between occasional extra mm, seating mm, and stuff that's intended to be yeah, used yeah. every single day. Yeah, exactly. Look, I don't think anyone's going to miss uh, – if, if anyone wants a seven-seater, really, they're going to be buying – you know, an Everest or, or or something which isn't on a ladder frame chassis, but is a you know maybe a Santa Fe or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think. Um, and as look, Ford. I know it's I know it's PR um, spin. Um, but you know, when I asked you know the people at the Ford launch for the Endura, you know, sure, it's missing two seats in the back. You could easily put them in there. And they said, look, you know, our survey's shown that people not everybody wants a seven seater. And it, you know, I guess that's true too. But, survey says, but mm-hmm. I guess. Seats. I guess the the counter of that is that you can get a much more affordable five seat SUV from competitive brands. Yeah, the Edge of Endura, I should say, yeah, is yeah. expensive. Forty eight thousand dollars. Yeah, so it's forty four for the front wheel drive um, Endura. Yeah, and it's another four thousand dollars for the one that we had the all wheel drive. Forty eight grand. So still the 49. base grade. Yeah, still the, but with four wheel drive. And that's it. You think range. you could get you could get into a top spec uh, Sportage if you don't need. Seven yeah. seats. A top spec Sportage is a good car for yeah. about the same sort of money. Yeah. Wow. It's, it is a lot of money. It should be probably about five thousand dollars less. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, but you know, Ford, get on it. Absolutely. But we've we've but, given you a, a bit of guidance there, and mm. also that's mm. uh, advertised prices versus what well, transactional right. prices you might pay. One of the things I was really really impressed with was the fuel economy. Um, we were getting six point eight liters um, per hundred at the end. We did thirteen hundred kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, we filled up in Canberra. We drove Pretty all good. through the Snowy Mountains, and we didn't fill up again until we got to Maroolan, which is on the way back through Goulburn. Yeah. Um, so we we got a long so way. So if you had to break that down by just really constant freeway type running, and then twistier highway mm. stuff, was it? 70% freeway. 30. I would I would say most of it was backcountry roads oh, okay. going through yeah, the Stone Mountains, good. like yeah. between Cooma and Mount Selwyn, where we took the family, you know, skiing. We didn't go skiing, we went tobogganing. Uh, but yeah, yep. all around Crackenback and Threadbow and all of that. So most of it was spent on windy roads. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. Good. Well, look, we have to move on, and I'll I'll go up next. Yeah. Um, go. Have just been the reason I wasn't in the podcast last week was away um, as a guest at Mercedes AMG. We're driving their new A45S and the CLA45S um, over at the Harama circuit, which is just outside Madrid in Spain, and they're twisting roads around about the outside of that. And uh, good old Bernd Schneider was um, on the circuit as our tame racing driver to to help us find our way around that track. And the short story is, it's a really fantastic. It takes the hot hatch to a whole new level of heat. Yeah. Um, I did a bit of uh, research to find a way into the story. And, you know, what's generally regarded as the first hot hatch, the Volkswagen Golf GTI in 1976, had a power-to-weight ratio of 100 kilowatts, exactly 100 kilowatts per tonne. Mm. Um, this thing uh, weighs twice as much, but it's four times as powerful. And bingo, <laughs> the power-to-weight is 201 kilowatts per wow. tonne. Wow. So... 
you're talking about a really genuinely fast car, the A45 S or Go 0 to 100 in 3.9 seconds. Um, that's supercar kind of yeah, territory. Nuts, isn't it? And also the dynamics under the car, the adaptive suspension and all of the tech that's under there. On the circuit, you could kind of feel it working, but the analogy I used was it's very much like the swan on the lake, you know, mm-hmm. gliding along and all this furious mm. work happening under mm. the surface. Mm. It's just incredible mm. and lots and lots of fun. Mm. And, uh, and what's it going to cost? Is it going to go up, do yep. we think, yep. compared to the last yep, one? Yes, it will. So the last one, the A45S, was in the high 70s before you put it on the road. Yeah. Um, the big inference was that it'll be in the low 80s, okay. um, something like that. And then the CLA, there's a more than 10K gap yeah, in the right. outgoing model, and that'll yeah. be maintained. So you're really looking at uh, an in the 90 bracket for yeah. the CLA, which wow. is a lot of money for that car. It is. Mm. But you you are getting a lot of performance and a lot of tech in the standard spec. And the new CLA is a, a bigger car. Like, yeah. It's, it's yeah. like almost, or maybe just a little it's bit longer, than, longer a than a C-class. Yeah. yeah. I remember when the F45 first came out and... Uh, one of its notable attributes was that uh, that four-cylinder engine, four-cylinder engine, was the most powerful four-cylinder ever mm. produced. Yeah. What's the? This output? is the claim again. Yeah. That this yeah. is the most powerful series production turbo four ever. Um, and wow. interesting that the first A forty-five, one of my biggest recollections, I'm sure I'm not alone, was just the pop and bang yeah. and the, yeah. this rude exhaust. It's a bit different this time around. It does have a flap in the exhaust that allows the sound to be modified according to the engine speed and the load. But because of just ever um, more stringent noise regulations, they have actually piped some of the actual engine noise into the audio system. So it's right. not a synthetic engine yeah. sound. Yeah. It's just amplifying Ducting, the yeah. engine sound into the cabin. Yeah. So for what it's worth, I'm willing to let that yeah, one go. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. that's okay. And, and it does sound great, but it's a more rasping kind of rorty mm. thing than this fireworks yeah. display in the first I remember because I went to uh, the – there was an event they had where they showed us the engine and mm-hmm. told us the specs of the engine. Yeah. And the, they described the characteristic of it as being less of the traditional uh, turbo lag than yeah. bang. Yeah. It was more linear and more of a – Well, the torque has been shaped so that the peak arrives high. 5,000 to 5,250 RPM is where the actual peak that is. That is high. But then if you look at the curve, and I found a chart, you know, mm. like a dyno sheet or whatever, most of that is available from high 2,000 mm. about 3,000. So you've yeah. got this really nice plateau. And when you're in the yeah. mid-range, plant it, and it's there's plenty there. there. It's yeah. not as if it's hollow yeah. underneath this <laughs> yeah. at all. It's really, really good. Nice. 310 kilowatts. Remember when we were talking about V8 Commodores with 300 kilowatts? Yeah, 317 like that's, HSV. That's yeah. more than 420 horsepower. That's insane. That's yeah. crazy. In a two-liter turbo four. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's nice. coming. That'll be uh, the first quarter okay. of next year, both of those cars. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, moving on to yourself. We're mm- talking Skoda. Yeah. Not so hot, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> still still quite an impressive car. The yeah. Karok okay. I've been driving. Yeah. So Karok launched about uh, 15 months <laughs> ago. Like, is that like an up? Does it have an exclamation point after it? Uh, Karok. It does have a Q. Well, it's, ah. I think it's got yeah. some sort of, if you look at the marketing material, it's got some weird sort of accent over the O or okay. Q or yep. K or one yeah. of them. Over the Skoda it does. Yeah. Over the S. That yeah. makes <laughs> sense in Skoda. Skoda. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, so the Karok is uh, essentially... Um, their small SUV, but it's also their midsize SUV. So it's one of those weird cars. It's like a Qashqai in an ASX because it's not quite okay. small, mm. but it's not quite medium. Mm. And it plays in the price segment where it's 
priced against mediums, not smalls. Okay. Like this this car, uh, they do a driveaway deal on the base model, which there's only one model. Um, it's thirty five and a bit driveaway. Right. So okay. yeah. not a cheap car. Mm. Yeah. And our car certainly wasn't a cheap car because it had about ten thousand dollars worth of options on it. Right. Um, things like uh, this, they've got a tech travel and premium pack combined $8,000 so you get leather and other elements different wheels Uh, ours had 18s on it Um, and there's also uh, the virtual cockpit which they've updated for the model year 19 and a half or something yes Um, so that wasn't available previously now you get the digital instruments in front of the driver Uh, you can get the big 9.2 inch screen without a a volume knob which I hate Um, but the 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 thing about the Karok is that it is one of the most practical, if not the most practical car in that segment. And that's including a HRV. Okay. Um, because you can remove the seats. Okay. The back seats. All you of can, them. You what can, do you do? Just put a milk crate take, in there. You can take them out. We can turn it into a van. A van. If yeah. you need to. Or you can configure it as a one, uh, sorry, a two plus one, or a two plus two, or however you want to configure it. It's that's a really cool. smart, I like that. smart yeah. design. Um, my only request is uh, to Skoda to give us one that doesn't have options on it because yeah. I'd really like to know what the actual car is like yeah. yes. rather than the, the Well, if you can one. remove the seats, can you remove the options? <laughs> uh, I tried. Can you just take just, them out easily? Uh, I the, believe that. Like, peel that off. and pair of wire cutters. Yeah. And just, I got yeah, my screwdriver out. On the seats. <laughs> took the dashboard to yeah. part. And yeah. Take that out? It didn't work. Uh, uh, they weren't happy with it. When not I as took flexible as you might say they name for. So, I mean... Is a Karok a new age Yeti? Is it sort of like a yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. a but new age Yeti new coming age. towards you out of the snow? Just <laughs> hey man, yeah, yeah, hey man, I'm not <laughs> a meteor anymore. Don't need to be afraid. Tie dye shirt Let's and all. Chill. Um, <laughs> <Anyway>. So <laughs> it was. It is essentially the replacement for the Yeti. Yeah. It's a bigger car, um, a more sophisticated car, mm. and a more stylish car. And definitely, oh, come on, the Yeti was bloody cool. I love the Yeti, yeah. and I, I. That for for that reason, there are elements of the Karok that I sort of go, ah, you're not as good as a Yeti. I don't want Skoda to lose its quirkiness. It has it's becoming though. pretty cool and sleek. Yeah, it's becoming a bit. Outy. I think it's I think it's already lost most of its. Well, to that, I mean, the flexibility you're talking about in the Karok is very much yes. core of Skoda, yeah. isn't it? You know. Clever. Um, they're, they're just about that simplicity and thinking through how people will use the car and what can we do to help them. And this was like, it, it crystallized in my mind what this car is about when I put in, you know, our large suitcase that we use for photos. Yeah. So the large suitcase and that bulky pram. Yes. You could fit both of them in the uh, boot. That's extraordinary. You couldn't that's even quite fit, rare. Couldn't yeah. even fit just the pram in the boot of a Corolla hatch. Yeah, yeah. And this is where you go, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get why small SUVs are a thing, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it makes perfect sense. And it's a, it's a nice car. It was a bit thirsty uh, on fuel. I expected better because it's got cylinder deactivation, so it should be better than it was. I think it got nine and a half litres per 100 Ks, Ooh. and the claim's five. Ooh. So not anywhere near as good as it should have been. Um, yeah. But really nice car and should be in your consideration list if you're looking for that sort of thing. Cool. Correct. Right. That's terrific. Thank you. And um, look, speaking of clever, mm. it's time for... Musk watch. That was a good throw. <laughs> hey. All right, so <laughs> we're going to go and talk about a few things with Elon uh, this past week. We had a pretty impressive and noisy 
with dual sonic boom re-entry of a Falcon uh, rocket. Which, yeah. uh, I don't know whether you guys I, saw that. I saw that. I loved and it, it. It did make me jump when yeah. the, the sonic booms came. I yeah. thought, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can uh, make that happen in, mm. in the background to, to us talking now. So it's the first stage of SpaceX's two-stage Falcon 9 rocket yeah. coming home after, you know, its work out there. They're getting ready to use it on a cargo run mm. um, and generated two separate sonic booms from four different angles, um, including a rocket's eye view, courtesy of a camera, uh, aboard the booster. So yeah. And that, that amazing touchdown and all that stuff, it's really... Getting out of control. Absolutely. This is there's there's another launch going up this week for an Arab satellite, which is going up. So SpaceX are now like servicing the yeah. International Space Station yeah, yeah. and and the sort of the space sort of industry, like regularly. We're seeing multiple launches a week. Yes, mm. yeah, incredible. Yeah. Anyway, that was pretty good. And also, uh, British research specialist YouGov has published its most uh, world's most admired 2019 study. All right. Now, uh, it covers the views of 42,000 people in 41 countries, so it's pretty extensive. And the good news is Jackie Chan is number three. I love Jackie. Okay. (laughs) So Jackie Chan is number three in the world's most admired people. Uh, Really? But look, it's split into top 20s. It's split into top 20 along gender lines. What do you mean, what's he done? What hasn't he done? I know. But what's he done recently? He worked with John Woo. You don't. That's a great director. Out of Hong Kong. Okay. Now, oh, I'm look, not a movie person. It's split along uh, gender lines with top there. 20s for men, top 20s for women. I don't know why they've done that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Bill Gates is top bloke and Michelle Obama is the first lady, pardon the pun. Uh, um, uh, yeah. So like, Elon, like Elon mm. is in 13th Ooh. for the men, one spot ahead of Trumpy. So he's in 14th. Uh, are so you Elon, serious? Yeah, he's wow, considered. People like megalomania. He's admired they? more than that. Taylor Swift ranks ahead of Angela Merkel and Melania Trump, so that's yeah. good. Uh, and now, look, if you break out the Australian result, where did you the come, Australian James? Stats, where did you come, James? We go: David Attenborough, Barack Obama, Hugh Jackman, Jackie Chan drops to ten, and Elon jumps to eleven. What? And ScoMo doesn't rank at all. Oh, I'm not oh, surprised. Um, and in the women, it's yeah. Queenie. Queen Elizabeth II, okay, uh, Jacinda Ardern from New Zealand, yes, and Michelle Jacinda. Obama. I so, thought when you said Queenie, for some reason, you were like talking about Lady Gaga. No, yes, so did I, Freddie. God rest his soul. <laughs> poor, poor old Freddie. So, do you have uh, to be alive? I mean, it's, is it a living list? Seems to be. Yes, okay. seems to be. Okay. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. There you go. Mm. Jackie Chan beats out Elon go in terms Jackie. of admiration. Oh, then uh, Esquire. Uh, says it seems the age of Netflix and chilling in your driverless car has preceded the dawn of the driverless car right. um, itself. Oh, yeah. So this is about Elon on Twitter saying yep. that, you know, the ability to stream YouTube and Netflix when the car's stopped is coming to your Tesla soon, has an amazingly immersive cinematic feel due to the comfy seats and surround yeah. sound audio. Now, when full self-driving is approved by regulators, we will enable video while moving. So that was his, his oh. follow-up tweet. So in response to that, three-year letterman said, No thanks, I prefer American vehicles. One of the parents of the youth football team I coach showed up in a Tesla and I directed my players to take a leak on it. They did. <laughs> oh. Anyway, you can't wow. do that. It seems like it seems a bit presumptuous to say, oh, we're going to have Netflix. 
Mm. I, I think Netflix will be available whilst the car is stationary for quite some time mm. before the uh, regulators say, yep, okay, go for it while you're moving. Uh, the share price. Mm. We're at $241, which is where it's been hovering um, for some time. Last quarter losses are keeping a cap on it, and I yeah. think you guys talked about that last week. Yeah. But Yahoo Finance is putting the position, is this a bump in the road or the beginning of the end? They're taking quite oh. a negative stance on this, which I thought was interesting. Wow. Tesla missed big on gross margins. This is their words, not mine. And um, reiterated its prior forecast for its 2019 delivery numbers. Uh, the numbers were somewhat overshadowed by the resignation of Chief Technology Officer, yep. um, J.B. Straubel, yep. uh, which I think we're, we're getting right. Yep. Tesla came out of the gates firing in its Q2 earnings release uh, that its business has grown to the point of being self-funding, but a $408 million loss for Q2. And the point being there's no excuses this time. It's mm. not as if they're ramping a new model or there's some production hell or there's mm. you know, delivery hell or whatever. This is general business as usual, Um, so they're still making a loss. And this is two quarters after Elon had said, look, from here on in, we'll be be profitable. We'll be positive from here, and it has not happened. So, look, that's a very negative take on the whole thing, but I I thought it was interesting for them to call it out in that way. Some say negative, some say realistic. realistic. (laughs) The the problem is is that uh, it wouldn't really even be a talking point if Elon Musk hadn't have hyped it up so much. Because, you know, companies run at a loss continuously and it's normal for a lot well, of companies it's, it's a normal matter of business it's very yeah. much Silicon Valley uh, yeah. standard yeah. procedure isn't yeah. it yeah. make the big audacious claim and mm. then we'll backfill it somehow yep. Yep. you know the fake it till you make it yep. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of that is going on mm. now and has been going on from day one. It's just that it's more in the public spotlight, so yeah. you've t- you know it's easy to target. Um, but yeah. I actually think uh, Tesla is in pretty good shape. Um, All right, yeah, very good. That's you heard it here came first. from me. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've had Yahoo uh, Finance. We now got Richard Finance and Business. That's right. Uh, so with that, we have reached the finish line. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, and thank you, Matt. Thank you. Pleasure as always. And thanks to Mr. Pritchard for his creativity and focus behind the scenes. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell others about the tools. Even if you're not, get it off your chest by searching for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram using the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. If you're an iTunes listener, please rate and review us. And remember, you can also watch us on YouTube. Until next week. American mate of mine just bought a Dodge Charger on eBay. Yes. Um, now all he's got to do is find an electric Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Good finish. Good job. Yeah. Good one.